0: This is the We Spin Recipes Podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello, everyone. It's Andrew Apanov, and in addition edition of the We Spin Recipes Podcast, I'm very excited to welcome, as my guest today, Dean Grant Smith, the syndicated host of the Appetizer Radio Show and the growth Farmer, as he calls himself. I have to say, I really like the title and its explanation, which you're about to hear right on this show. You may have noticed that we have a rather big name for the episode, Radio Promotion One-on-One. I think that it's just right, as first of all, we packed a lot of information about radio marketing in this 40-minute conversation. And second, if you want more, you can grab D. Grants just released new book called The DIY Musician's Radio Handbook. It's one of the most detailed books on radio promotion that I know. On this very show we talked about the role and influence of public radio and how it's compared to commercial radio, ways to pitch and not to pitch your music with some examples, uh, building strong relationships with the music industry contacts, the importance of knowing who you sound like, asking a publicist or radio plugger you want to hire the right questions, As a hint, it's not the amount of contacts they have, and so on. If you're somewhat skeptical of radio plugin, as I was, uh, I recommend you to listen to the show to maybe change uh, the way you look at it. And if you've already been trying to place your music on radio stations, definitely listen to it for some new ideas on approaching your outreach. And keep in mind the rules mentioned here apply to any kind of pitching like contacting an another person or a blogger or anyone else find out more and the links to the book and d-grants courses at wispin.co forward slash wsr 17. first of all it's uh, great to have you on the show i'm i really appreciate you finding time and um it's good to, uh, to chat again, but this time I will be interviewing you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I appreciate it, Andrew. This is awesome.
0: So tell our listeners a little bit on yourself and uh, your projects and, uh, you know, how it goes. I just have to ask you this question.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I have been working in radio in some form or fashion since I was a teenager in the late 90s, so getting close to 20 years and I spent most of my career in public radio, which is a nonprofit. Think for a public radio, think NPR. So that's been the majority of of my radio experience. And only recently have I kind of transitioned out of working for a radio station into working one on one with musicians and creative entrepreneurs and building audience. And that's the focus of the work that I do. So. A little bit of that is marketing, a little bit of that is branding, a little bit of that is uh, just community building. And so uh, all of the things aside from, I still host a radio show called The Appetizer. It's uh, been going Mm -hmm. for 13 years. It's syndicated across the US and also in a couple international markets. And aside from doing The Appetizer, I spend my time helping artists, musicians, and creative entrepreneurs build a community of people around the work that they do it's not for me it's not about building a fan base or building an audience even though that's sometimes the verbiage that's used because it's e- easiest to, to translate over but really real success comes from the relationships that we have and so i help people build stronger relationships with other people
0: i like the way you formulate that i uh, absolutely agree and here what you mean here it's crazy you've been doing it for for quite some time now and You definitely gathered some experience in the fields, and you now uh, share that experience in a book, correct?
1: That's right, yeah. Uh, So, last year, uh, I was trying to figure out how to take the experiences that I have and the knowledge base and all of that stuff and create something that would help musicians in a more, I guess, tangible way other than having to, or other than working one-on-one with somebody in a way to kind of make a sort of product out of it. I mean, as a musician, your products are, you've got merchandise, but mostly you've got music. And you've got music in a tangible form. You can hand somebody a CD or you can put it on vinyl you can do something that allows them to you know, see and touch it. Or you can have just digital tracks and you still experience music that way. But it's different to be in this space where you're helping musicians, but you don't have a tangible product. So what I did was I created this online radio course that is all about how to get independent radio promotion. And it's called the Indie Radio Promotion Course. And when I was putting that together, I did a series of videos, but I thought, you know, what would, what would really help this work so much better is if I had some sort of PDF. And so my book that came out earlier, well, I was going to say earlier this month, today's the 1st of June, so it's earlier last month. The book that got published was originally intended to be kind of a one-sheet <laughs> a one sheet PDF. And as I started writing it, I was like, this is way more information than is going to fit on just, you know, a, a PDF ebook or something right. like that. I need, to, I need to find a way to, to make this something different. And so, you know, I, I think everything evolves, everything that has life evolves. So what started out as a one page PDF that was just going to be a little like, make sure you do these three things turned into a full on book. And then I started one of my business clients has a publishing company. And so we started talking about some things. And I tried to figure out self publishing. And if any of our listeners have, have tried self publishing and you've been like, what the crap is this? It's so complicated. I've been in that boat too. It's much easier to work with an independent publisher because they take care of all that stuff for you. But yeah, I started working with, with a publisher and, and submitted my book. And they're like, wow, this is really awesome. So officially was published last month. It's the DIY Musicians Radio Handbook. And it is a combination of how-to as well as me telling my story about how I got my radio show syndicated. And I did it on my own. So the same steps that artists are trying to figure out in terms of getting their music on radio stations, whether that's independent radio or commercial radio, doesn't really matter. It all comes down to relationships. And I made all of the same mistakes that I see and experience musicians make every single day because I get those emails get sent to me and I now have something that I can reply back and say, "Hey, this will help you make better submissions and you'll have a better response on the other end." So that's what the book is about.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's and so it, it, it's uh, the topic that I I think we should cover a bit more because um, while the actual book covers different sections and you definitely could talk on some other areas, uh, the radio promotion is what's uh, interests me quite a lot here and it's not the topic that we cover a lot on this podcast i think i told you that usually we don't uh, i wouldn't say don't pay uh, too much attention to radio promotion well i mean we don't offer it at, at the agency for example and uh, when it comes down to some educational platforms and we spin and so on we don't talk about radio way too much and i've been like some musicians may even maybe heard me being a bit skeptical about it and now we are actually, so my, my, my question to you, or, or I will ask you to maybe mention some some stats and maybe reemphasize the importance of radio, especially in the US. Because uh, I do understand that it's still huge and it can be transferred into, into something proper for an indie musician. So can you like comment on the state of radio as objectively as, as, as you possibly can?
1: Yeah, no problem. And man, I'll be candid with you. You know, 20 years ago, radio had a much, I think, bigger market share than it does now. But so did TV and so did magazines and so did every other form of media. Here's a reality we we all need to look at. And I will not sugarcoat this at all. There are countless, almost infinite ways for us to put stuff into our mind. And so that's both video, audio, you know, ebooks, audiobooks, television shows, video podcasts, audio podcasts, radio programs, music streaming platforms, movies, TED Talks, YouTube. I mean, and I'm just talking about platforms. I'm just listing off platforms. I haven't even started listing off the content inside these platforms. So the reason I'm saying all this stuff as it pertains to your question is we are in this technological like explosion isn't even the right word, Um, like Hiroshima of just so much stuff being available to us. And it's really easy to think that, well, because if you're somebody that doesn't listen to the radio, then it's easy to assume that because you don't do it, that most people don't do it. And that's a dangerous assumption to make. The reality of it is this, independent radio and when I'm speaking of that, I'm talking about radio stations and platforms that are not owned by a corporation. And the corporate radio is mostly Clear Channel, Cumulus, Sirius XM is owned by one of those corporations. And there's a couple other, they're still giant corporations, but they're smaller than Cumulus and Clear Channel. But but that's that's most of commercial radio. When I talk about radio, I'm not talking about those people. Those people don't exist in my world because their model is they pay about four people to run about 50 stations. They voice track everything, which means they pre record all of their stuff. They don't have live people in the studio. And they, their business model is wrapped around having a five to eight minute commercial break that nobody's paying attention to. Real radio, to me, from my experience and the work that I have done and continue to do, is run by actual human beings that sit in a radio booth and they listen to the programming as they're playing it and they talk to people back and forth. They have on studio or in studio guests they have you know call-ins. they are participating with their with their listenership on social media they actively listen to the music that they're playing and they have a personal interest in it that's real radio so that's public radio that's community radio uh, low power fm stations that's college radio and that's uh, independent web radio and i can talk about that for a long time but the the place that all of this has for independent musicians right now is an interactive and community based listenership, for independent radio, for the most part, in the non-com world, those stations are run by people who have to fundraise to keep things going. And their listeners are actually the ones that pay to keep the station going. It's not driven by selling a certain number of advertisements like commercial radio. Commercial radio can have absolutely no audience and still make money because they're still convincing people to buy advertisement. Public radio can't do that. They have to get out into their communities and talk to members of th- their communities and get people to support their station to keep going. If you are getting airplay and getting a radio station like that to talk about your music to a audience that is already paying music out of their or excuse me paying money out of their pocket to keep the station going, you're basically making a presentation to stockholders every time your music gets on the air. And if you think about it from that perspective then that is a different kind of audience worth going after. Are you dealing with a smaller number of people? Yes, but you're dealing with a number of people, a more specific, refined group of people that are financially invested in the art that they enjoy.
0: Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, uh, you 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 answered this, some some of my other questions too, and you just explained what kind of radios you are talking about mainly. So you just, yeah, you outlined it really well. So we've got uh, uh, communities here of people who like uh, particular genres of music, who like uh, the shows and who like the recommendations and the curations that radio has to offer. From my experience, I mean, we we see it even with uh, the unlimited amounts of music available on streaming platforms. Discover Weekly on Spotify is going huge. I love it myself because, I mean, I don't need to do anything to discover something new. So this kind of a bit more passive form uh, of uh, music discovery is what most people prefer in the world and radio offers just that because uh, you just trust the the person running the show and right. you, you, you trust their their judgment
1: yeah and, and that kind of builds on something i hadn't thought about talking about but part of my audience part of the reason people tune into my show every week is because there's a, there's a relationship there whether or not we actually know each other And it's different than the relationship you have with a music streaming platform like Pandora or Spotify minus the playlist creation. So it's kind of like that, you know, people watch certain when it comes to the news, people will watch certain channels and certain hosts, but they won't watch anybody else because they feel a connection to those people. Those people are saying certain things and they communicate in certain ways and they cover certain stories that connect emotionally with the person that is listening or watching. And the same thing is true for independent radio. People regularly tune into my show because I do things and I connect with my audience and I present things in a certain way that connects with specific people. And whether or not I've, I even know their name or, th- or we've ever met face to face doesn't matter. There's a trust that's built there. So when I'm playing music that they enjoy, they inherently go, oh, yes, D Grant said this about this band. I'm going to go look them up and then I'm going to tell other people about it. So that's the other benefit of what I'm going to call real radio. There is an inherent trust. It is established between the audience and the person that is presenting the music. And sometimes that trust is built over many years and sometimes it's built over a week or two. But like it's a trust that's there that's different than a computer randomly assigning, oh, well, this artist has been categorized in our algorithm to sound like this other artist. And we're just going to play them back to back to back. And you never have any idea unless you bother to
0: look. Yeah 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 it makes sense and uh, I mean and, and that's one of the reasons why the big platforms uh, streaming platforms try to bring in curators from radios and so on in case as in case with uh, Apple Music and uh, many others and uh, so what you just mentioned about about uh, having this kind of personal relationship between the host and the listener it's uh, in the core of uh, the promotional approach that you you wrote the book about which also is like approaching these hosts in a personal way and not just assuming there are a huge team behind the stations and some faceless uh, person replying or reading the messages that you send, but that you're actually trying to establish a fruitful relationship with a person and try to interest them and just, yeah, have a human conversation here, right?
1: Exactly. So there's so much, and it's not just in music, Andrew, and you know this, And I think most people do. It's not just in our industry. It's in just about every industry. But it's kind of just part of our, our world culture as human beings to be so interested in me first. And most people don't see outside of themselves when they do anything, especially when it comes to contacting new people. So and without giving too many examples, but really, really terrible music submissions are I got one a couple of weeks ago that was just three links. There was no text, there was no signature, there was no name, it was just three links. And it turns out that several of my radio station colleagues, other folks I've done interviews with for talking about the book, we ended up talking about this one music submission that got sent to a whole slew of people and everybody trashed that message. I didn't because I was curious about it. Yeah, it's, but, it's,
0: it's relevant to, to what you are doing. <laughs>
1: But I I had to call the guy out a little bit and and try to do it in a gentle way. But I I said, like, man, I don't know. Is this supposed to be a music submission? And then he replied back, yeah, what was I supposed to do? And I'm like, well, you might tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, there's plenty of other ways you could have done this. But all that to say, most music submissions are, hey, I'm a band. I'm really awesome. You should check check out my music. Check out my video. Check out my XYZ. And the whole message is, I am awesome. Listen to my music. Here's my song. Here's my video. Play my stuff. Feature me on your show. Blah, 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 blah. And that doesn't work very well. And most people do this because that's mostly what we've seen. And so most of us, we assume that if this is what most people are doing, then that must be what works. And tragically, it's not. There's a reason why there are 1% to 2% success success rate for musicians in this independent DIY field. And it's because one to 2% figure out how to do things differently. So instead of focusing your messaging and focusing your outreach and focusing your marketing to a new person that doesn't know you at all, instead of focusing on you, focus on making a new friend. So if you're a little kid and you're in the sandbox and there's other little kids in there that you don't know, what's the first thing you do? You introduce yourself and you start talking about something that maybe they might be interested in, which is their stuff. And that's how you make an introduction. Your email that you send out the first time to a new contact is a digital handshake. You're extending your handout to somebody, but you need to say something to them that will make them want to reach their hand out and shake it. If you don't do that, the message gets trashed and you're left hanging. So that's really kind of an underside to what I talk about in the book which is how to actually get people to respond to your messages and it means that you focus on them in a lot of ways and how what you are and who you are and the things that you do can be a benefit to them not just them be a benefit to you.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I mean makes uh, makes a lot of sense. I'm glad that you that you explained that approach uh, in details in your book which I had a chance to look through. And uh, I really liked how it can be applied to so much more than just radio promotion. Because uh, this is the relationships that you may want to establish with record labels, with a and record labels, or with uh, print press, online blogs, and so on. So this is the approach that you use everywhere. And the music industry, as we all know, is still a lot about networking. I mean, it's we are all digital online, but... Yeah, things. uh, Great things happen because of um, relationships that you establish with people. So it's just yeah, very. It's great that you've got focused on radio in the first place, but then anyone can apply to some other fields. One thing that I was about to ask you is um, the strategy for radio promotion. So in my opinion, it may not necessarily be very helpful and kind of actionable and measurable in terms of results if i being a a band for example just starts reaching out to uh, different independent radio stations in different parts of the country if we're talking about the u.s and if i get it done right with my messaging and establishing relationships but i just do it like whoever will accept my music i will contact them (laughs) so what kind of What territories should we consider covering? How to maybe measure the results because it's not always easy. Like how to approach it from the like strategically before doing any kind of outreach at all.
1: Yeah, so very good point, man. And before I answer that question, I want to say one more thing that builds on what you just said about relationship networking. The connection that Andrew and I have is the result of doing things this way, and it's not just in music; it's in it's in, in the industry. So the exact process that I outline in my book about how musicians can get radio airplay is the exact same thing I'm doing to market my book and get not only featured on other blogs and podcasts and stuff, but also get in, in new stores and, and new marketing outlets. So yeah. it doesn't matter what your industry is. It's the same rules. It's everything applies. We're still human beings and we still need each other. So that's that's that.
0: Sorry, I just wanted to add something. I just realized recently like, coming from this music tech fest event in Berlin that sometimes you meet people who you talked to several years ago and it didn't like end up as a as a partnership or something like that. But because you're, you use the, the techniques that you are mentioning in the book, for example, and you're just like approaching it as a relationship building in like five or 10 years after initial contacts, it may result into some kind of a collaboration. So you never know. And if you yeah. don't hear back from a radio station, I imagine... I mean, even if, if they don't reply, but it was the right pitch, maybe your fifth email will actually get answered because you approached it the right way in the first place. But anyway, just also random, but if I just it's something that I've been thinking about of the weekend, that it's really, sometimes you meet people like who you haven't seen for so many years and it's like it was yesterday. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's
1: just, exactly right. And just because somebody doesn't reply to you right away doesn't mean that they've rejected you. Yeah it sometimes means that your message got lost or they got busy doing stuff and they intended to contact you. And I mean, we could talk for a long time about the power of follow-up and how that's actually probably the number one thing that most people don't do aside from making the initial connection. But to answer your question about strategy, that's actually really easy. And it really comes down to setting yourself up right before you get started. So in the same way that if you're in a band, you're not going to sit down at a dinner table with four other people and say, okay, guys, where's our record? You're going to have played music, practiced songs, learned songs, gotten the right equipment together, got your foundation set, recorded, all that kind of stuff. Like, There's all kinds of things you have to do. It's not just a matter of having a group of people that happen to play musicians be in the same place at the same time to be a band. The same is true for what you do for radio. So if With your recorded, you need to have recorded music. It needs to be great. It doesn't need to sound like it was done in your garage. And yes, there are recordings that get released by mainstream artists that were demo tapes. If they re-dig up another Bob Dylan garage tape from 1969, yes, he's going to sell garage tapes that sound terrible quality-wise, but he's Bob Dylan. He gets to make that. He gets to get away with that. Unfortunately, you don't, because the whole world doesn't know who you are yet. So your music and your recording needs to be great. And there are ways that you can have your music evaluated and have it critiqued so you can get it to a great place before you do a radio promotion. And I talk about that stuff in the book. One of them is Fluence.io. If you're not familiar with Fluence, jump on that. That's an outstanding way to get your music right away in front of professional music curators and not just people who live in your neighborhood and kind of like your music and we will tell you a bunch of stuff you want to
0: hear. Yeah, but yeah it's pretty your, great.
1: Your music needs to be great, and you need to know who you sound like. You don't have to be a fan of the band that you sound like. So if your music sounds like Mumford & Sons, but you think they're a bunch of wash-up you know, sellouts, that's fine. But if your music fits in that genre, you need to know that, because the people that are listening to that style of music and listening to that band— are the people that you need to be putting your music in front of. And that's how you target what radio stations to go to, which is one of the like, massive mistakes that so many artists make. They, get a, they go by a radio contact list and they just message everybody without mm-hmm. taking the time to figure out which of these contacts and which of these stations are best suited for their music. If you were put, like, I still get music submissions from death metal bands from Russia and from Poland, and from other parts of uh, Eastern Europe. And I don't ever play, I, I, I kinda like the genre a little bit, but I don't know anything about death metal. And I certainly don't play it on the appetizer. We've never had metal on our on our show. But I, I realized that my email is amongst this massive list. And most of these guys that are sending these emails are sending it to everybody. They're not even BCCing anyone. So I get to see all of my friends that are also getting this spam metal email that they're throwing in the trash can and it's because the contact wasn't targeted they didn't go through a list and go okay which of these stations play metal music and how can i personalize my message to go to one person instead of sending it to 50 or 100 or 150 and all of this means in terms of organizing and strategy is be specific have great music and be prepared to do the research on each individual station. That's also how you figure out in terms of quantifying what your results are. I put everything in spreadsheets. There are other ways you can do things. You can itemize stuff in a different way, or you can set up some sort of other chart or graph or whatever. But but for me, like it's easy for me to, and I, I, sh- I illustrate how to do that in the book in terms of setting a certain columns for, for certain uh, things that you're looking for. But again, You're trying to build a connection. You're trying to build a relationship. You're not really just trying to get your music added. I've been pitching my radio show to stations across Texas for the past two weeks, and some of them have said yes, and some of them have said no. I don't care whether or not they say yes or no. What I care about is making that connection and getting a response. That means so much more to me. For the exact same reason you mentioned a second ago, Andrew, because no right now means I have something I can go back to. And six months from now, I can revisit this conversation and say, hey, how are you guys doing? What's up? And over time, I can build an in with these people. That means so much more than getting them to just go, yeah, sure. You know, let's just start doing this thing, but I don't have a connection with them. So in terms of strategy your strategy is how do i build a how do i get a response from these people because if i get a response i can play on that and you can quantify all that stuff in a spreadsheet or some sort of similar platform but it all starts with doing the legwork on the front end knowing who you sound like having a great sound and being very specific about who you go after
0: yeah yeah good gold advice here and by the way so the, this is uh, you you just also explain why radio pluggers or PR companies or marketing agencies and so on are valuable it's not just be- uh, about having the lists because even if you have the contacts and even if, if they're structured properly so you've done some research if you just start from scratch promoting your act you'll need to spend a lot of time to establish these relationships what you're talking about here from what I know and from what I hear is a long-term investment
1: yeah all of this is the long game so too often, because of technology, we want to find the thing that all we have to do is press a button and suddenly, magically, there's a beanstalk in our backyard that stretches up into the heavens.
0: And I'd love and, that.
1: And that, I mean, that, that's what, because, the, and there's so, man, there's so many bull poop, bull crap uh, marketers out there that are selling and marketing this supposed way to suddenly become an instant rock star overnight by just doing two or three things and there is no long-term process and all of that is crap i'm telling you all that's crap from experience i'm sure andrew you've got experience building something over a long period oh, of time yes. and it's taken you a long time to get to it and you're still investing in it and you're still growing it and you're still building it that's what farming is And that's why the whole magic beans and beanstalk overnight thing, that's why it's a fairy tale that we're told as little kids because we're supposed to understand that things of real value and things that take time to grow take just that. They take time. So, yes, it does take time to build these relationships and build these connections. But I do want to make one point about radio pluggers. If a radio plugger or a radio promoter or a marketing company tries to sell you their services and they say, well, we've already got the contacts. We've got a contact list of over 1,500 people. So you're going to be spending a whole lot of time trying to get the contact list that I have. This is the question that you ask them. Show me your messages. Show me what you're sending to these people and show me, tell me how long you've known them. And give me 10 people or 15 people in your massive contact list and tell me how long you've known them and how regularly you're talking to them. And if they can't answer or they won't answer that question, get them the hell away from you and run as far and as fast as you can away from them as possible because what they're selling you is a bill of crap. And I'm yeah. saying this very passionately because I've worked with way too many people who have spent way too much money with people who have tried to sell them on this list or this, this notion that they have this massive contact list. But what they have really is, they spent 60 bucks buying a contact list and now they're spamming the crap out of everybody with your name. Yeah, And, yeah, yeah. and that harms you so much because the company themselves don't lose anything. But your name does because your name is now on the spam message that went out to a zillion people that has now all been blacklisted. And they're not going to have anything to do with that name anymore. So it benefits you so much more to take the time to build the relationships and to do the networking than to suddenly have access to 1500 quote unquote radio contacts of people that actually don't have a relationship with with the company that's sending stuff to them.
0: I oh, mean, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And uh, I, I was about to clarify when I mentioned pluggers and uh, PR people that only if you find the right partner and the right company we have established connections, that helps. So it's just not just about the number. Unfortunately, so many companies sell these kind of fleshy numbers of contacts they've had. So this is the main selling proposition. And the artist doesn't even know what kind of stuff to ask you just what would the, your advice. Fortunately, will leave some of uh, the people you are mentioning without work and <laughs> I mean I, because lately I, I've, I've heard from quite a few musicians referring to some pluggers who charge quite good money <laughs> and uh, don't deliver and um, it's also just you know, I mean it's, it's very difficult to, it actually is true that it's difficult to track the work of even a great publicity company for example, but if you If you do the right research and ask the right questions, uh, it really won't matter how many contacts they have in their database because if they have the right approach and uh, have been around for long enough, they may deliver. But be very, very careful with this kind of (laughs) uh, companies and people and yeah, it's just...
1: And here's the thing. The people that really do this right charge a pretty penny for it because they've been building networks for a really long time and really like, if you like, for instance... There's a guy that I'm going to be releasing a podcast episode I just did with him. Uh, his name is Jesse Barnett, and he runs a company called Right Arm Resource. And Jesse, in my opinion, is one of probably the top five, top 10 radio promotion companies that in the whole world. And I say that because I get messages from him, I get emails from him, and I get letters and CDs from him. And he targets things specifically for my show, but I also know he's sending things specifically out to a gigantic list of radio and media contacts and he works with, you know, 50 to 100 artists a year. That's somebody that is taking the time to build individual one-on-one relationships. If you're going to spend money on a radio promoter, you need to go with somebody like that. You're going to spend a, a good bit more money than you would by somebody that comes up and says, "Hey, for 700 bucks or, you know, for 1500 bucks, I'll market your music." What you're gonna do is you're gonna pay seven hundred or fifteen hundred bucks to somebody to send a bunch of spam that has your name on it. But to do things the relationship way, if you're not going to do it yourself, you are gonna spend more money, but you are gonna hopefully and, and I've got a list of I've got a list of people that I work with and network with that do radio promotion the right way. And I've got that list in my book. And it it, it is more expensive, but if you're going to pay money, then pay money to people that are worth it and are gonna do a great job. Otherwise, do it yourself and save yourself the money.
0: Yeah, it's something to what you just said uh, some companies from my experience in the radio and pia uh, the They also will deliver some results, but oftentimes it's just, you know, a network of publications or blogs they own or partnered with, uh, with no like real readership and just the stuff that is posted, uh, promoted by these companies. So it looks like uh, you're actually getting some publications and you may get, you may appear and may even be interviewed on some radio show, but
1: it's all in-house stuff and it's all bull crap.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes you just take a look into what kind of stuff the same show covers. If it's like all genres, like, you know, it's completely oh, random, yeah. different industries. I've seen that. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's great to be interviewed on a podcast, but <laughs> it, this, the podcast or the radio show should be relevant to your audience and just yes. be consistent because, yeah, so beware of this kind of stuff because they will do everything to make it look good and to appear as they are delivering some real stuff, which is not always the case, unfortunately. But yes. as you mentioned, there are people, who and I know a bunch, who really deliver. It's just important to find them and to prepare some budget for that without a doubt. It's an investment. So this is uh, always important to keep in mind. If you are going to hire someone, you, you are spending money, but it's not just uh, something that may bring the results right away. It's an investment so yeah just you know, a thing to keep in mind
1: yeah and on the subject of budgeting i mean that is that is something else that i cover in the book which is you know how do you budget for this and what is an appropriate way to set all that stuff up and in the same way that you just mentioned i mean it, it's an investment in your near a short-term growth but it's also an investment in your long-term growth because it is about networking it needs to be included on the outset like before you release an album or an ep or anything there are some numbers that you need to have crunched before you actually do that there's some numbers you need to crunch and, and some numbers you need to prepare for in your pre-launch, all of the stuff you do to build up excitement and momentum for that launch to happen. And radio is certainly part of that. And for your launch itself, if you do that for 30 days or for 60 days, and then for your post-launch, I mean, I'm talking in launch numbers, that's kind of a marketing business term, but that this it, it's still relevant to exactly what you're doing. And it needs to be a part of your planning and your strategy before you do it. Instead of, we just spent fifteen. Thousand dollars recording this album, and now we're just going to put it out there on our social media channels because we've got two thousand social media followers, we've got fifteen thousand Twitter followers, or whatever, and all of those people are going to buy our music. Well, that's not the way that it works. So you've got to strategize, and, and budget is very much a part of that.
0: So the details are obviously in the book, but mention something. So the typical duration of a radio campaign and some uh, fee range, because some listeners mean who have not done it. We don't even know what to look for.
1: You know, that really depends on the company. And it really depends on the person that's running it. And it depends on the size of the project. So to be very, very blunt and very honest, I don't know a lot about how much the folks that I network with, I don't know how much money they charge because they don't tell me that. That's none of my business. I do know that when we do talk about money, they have said, you know, well, this, this does cost a lot of money. I'm guessing it's at least like, seven or eight thousand dollars and that might be on the very, very low end. My guess is it's at least that much money. But I will tell you this from the people that I have worked with on a coaching and audience building platform and people that I've worked with that have gone through my my radio promotion course that have told me I spent money with a radio promoter. I know a couple folks that have paid like four grand and have gotten absolutely nothing out of it. They didn't get put in front of stations. They were told a bunch of stuff that was going to happen and none of that happened. My advice is regardless of who you talk to, regardless of whether you talk to somebody that says, yeah, I'll promote your, your record and it'll cost you $25,000, that's a small fortune. You can buy a, a new car, or you can make a you know, pretty sizable down payment on a house or, or start a new business, or you can, you can hire this person to, to promote your record. Regardless of whether you talk to somebody of that caliber and that ask or somebody that would says, hey, for $300, bucks, i will do blah, 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 blah. I want to know several things. I want to know uh, I want to know several examples of what their marketing and their messaging looks like. I want to know the connections that they have, the actual relationships. I don't give two craps about how big their contact list is. I want to know what their relationship stuff is. And I kind of want a list of people that they have done some sort of marketing and networking with before. Now, and I, I say that with a caveat of, of I don't talk about the clients that I work with from a privacy standpoint. But if you're charging money to market... That's more of a testimonial thing, and you can get some testimonials from those people. But I want to know a whole lot of things before I invest any money in the process. Now, I will tell you this. If you do it on your own, you can market your record to every radio station in America that is inside the genres that you cover. And I do want to make one point real fast that, Andrew, you just mentioned a second ago. Do not—this is my advice. This is D. Grant Wisdom. Do not try to put your music on a platform that plays everything. You will waste all of your time and your money and your energy and your creative emotion because an audience that listens to everything listens to nothing. We are specific individuals. Now, I have a very eclectic music listening series of genres that I enjoy, but there's stuff I don't listen to. I don't listen to country music. I don't listen to Texas country music, even though I live in Texas. I don't listen to, like I said a minute ago, I don't listen to a lot of death metal. I don't listen to opera. I don't listen to a lot of classical. I might here and there. But if a station or a platform says submit your music of any kind to us and we will play your music, then they list off all the different genres you can possibly be unless they want you to submit into categories for those specific genres or they tell you what program your show might go on as it fits with certain stuff, there is no audience that listens to everything. That audience doesn't exist. So in the same way that like Andrew was talking a second ago about, you know, be careful of certain publications that just kind of recycle and refeed your stuff into a bunch of different things and and present it as though you're getting on all these different platforms, it's the same thing. So sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent, but you can market your music to radio programs and radio stations within your specific genre for anywhere to I would say four hundred to six or seven hundred dollars. And that's you doing all the work yourself. And I'm the reason that number is so high is you're gonna mail out CDs and you're gonna mail out letters. You're gonna mail out some stuff to some people and that's where the real cost comes in. But that's you owning the results. That's you owning the contacts and you owning the connections and it not being a trust proposition where you're paying somebody else money basically to trust them and to trust that they're going to deliver something, that's you owning the results. And I think that's a much easier to stomach investment than paying somebody hoping that they're going to do the things that they say they're going to do without you knowing on the front end.
0: Excellent. Excellent. It's just not just, just one device, but I mean, it's so cool to do uh, a chat with you. I just ask a question and you just share so much great <laughs> stuff. I don't need, need to even to, you. Like, care about like asking for specific stuff. Really, like this is invaluable. And at this point, also I would like to chat with you for a few miles or something like that, we need to wrap it up. And at this stage, I want to ask you to share a little bit more on where people can find more on you and the book. And of course, the links are in the show notes. But please mention something right now for those listening us on the go.
1: Okay, so uh, my website, which is dgrantsmith.com, has everything about my book. In the right-hand margin, there's a, there's a link you can click on to buy the book. There's also a link for the indie radio promotion course I have there. If you buy the book, you get a discount on the course and it's like 55% off or something like that. So if you want to learn radio promotion from me directly by going through my course, and you, you also get a one-to-one connection with me in that process, buy the book. It's, it really is a handbook for relationship building and networking. Uh, you can go to dgrantsmith.com books, and you'll have access to not just the radio handbook, but I've got a couple free PDF ebooks in there that will help you too, especially one that is all about getting radio ready. And I talked a minute ago about how there's some things you need to do before you start your radio promotion process. Being radio ready is absolutely absolutely one of them. There are tons of people that send out music and send out content that's not ready to be promoted yet. Mm-hmm. And they're doing themselves a disservice by taking steps that are leaps and bounds beyond where they need to be because they're still in a starting place. So make sure that you are ready for radio before you start the radio promotion process because, again, it is a financial and an emotional and a psychological and a time investment. And if you're you're going to invest all four of those things, be ready before you do it. The other thing that's on my website is uh, something that Andrew has been a part of, which is my podcast, The DIY Artist Route. And I talk with not only people in the music industry, but I also talk to musicians. And I talk to a couple of marketing experts and people that are that specialize in building community because, again, everything that we do and, and the, the mantra behind all of my work is relationship building. And I frame that as audience growth farming. And Seth Godin, who is a best-selling marketing genius and one of my past uh, guests on the DIY Artist Drop podcast, framed it so well. We spend so much time in this digital world, trying to grow and trying to build, but we're spending so much time hunting. And that's not our job. Our job is we have uh, grass and we have crops that are right in front of us. And it's the people that are right within our audience base. And we need to be farming those relationships instead of going out and hunting for more people. And that is a far more specific relationship building, community building proposition than the other marketing outreach stuff that we see everywhere. But I promise you, that is where real success comes from. Like I said, when we first sat down and started talking in this podcast episode, there are so many different media choices out there for our time and our energy. And there's so much there's so much to choose from. We don't have time to take all of it in. And in the same way, there are so many musicians out there that are all making music and for the most part making great music that there's not enough time for any individual to take all of it in. So we have to be very specific about the people that we connect with. And that's why relationships are so valuable.
0: That's one of the coolest closing thoughts I've had in the podcast. Like, there is now music playing in the background, and you saying all that. I mean, it's, it should sound effective. Really, I mean, that's just... You nailed it. Thank you. Tigran, it was a blast. I really appreciate everything that you shared to everyone listening to us. All the links are in the show notes, as usual. And I'm looking forward to hosting you again sometime in the future. I think we should repeat it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been a, a wonderful honor and a, a very big joy. I've had a, a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening. Once again, all the links are at wispin.co forward slash WSR70. If you have any feedback, let us know in an iTunes review. That would be pretty awesome, to be honest. Or in the comments on SoundCloud, which will be very appreciated as well. See you next week. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin 12.